it's time for another episode of Spies, Lies, and Private Eyes. Here's your host, Terrence McCauley. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Spies, Lies, and Private Eyes right here on the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. I am honored to have two guests with me today. The first one is Steve Berry. He is the New York Times bestselling author of the Cotton Malone novels and is a founding member of the International Thriller Writers. Grant Blackwood is also here. He is a New York Times bestselling author of the Briggs Tanner series and many other works. The Ninth Man is their first book in their Luke. Daniels series. So gentlemen, thank you both for being here. And Steve, I understand you're, you want to kick it off with letting us know about uh, The Ninth Man. Yeah, it's good to be here. Thanks for having us. Uh, the, this is uh, something I've been wanting to do for a long time. Uh, we have uh, a new series. Uh, Luke Daniels is in the Cotton Malone series. He's a younger agent of the Magellan Billet. He was created because I needed a character who's a little younger than Cotton, who's a little more headstrong, a little more not as experienced, uh, kind of gets in trouble, doesn't think things through as carefully as Cotton might. And right. he's been in, he, he, we first met him in the Lincoln myth years ago, and he's been in uh, about five or six now Cotton Malone adventures. And that now he gets his own book in his own series. Mm -hmm. This is the first of three that will be. Okay. And, uh, I had the idea to to write the Luke Daniels books, but unfortunately, I did. I, I can't write two books a year. It's impossible. There's too much research. There's too much that goes in. So I needed some help. So I asked Grant if he would help me out, and he said he would. And so we uh, got together and created the Ninth Man, which uh, is a is a very fascinating story. It deals with something from the Kennedy assassination, something that's real. Something mm -hmm. that surprised me, and I think it's going to surprise the readers as well. And uh, we were able to weave an entire Luke Daniels adventure around it. That's fantastic. That's that's amazing. And, and you know, you've you both had really uh, a lot of great success in in your previous uh, parts of your career. Grant, how did you uh, tackle the idea of working with Steve? Uh, what was it? The both of you came up with the idea. I know that the Luke Daniels character is part of Steve's canon, but what aspect of the project did you uh, add to? Well, you know, Steve and I have been friends for, uh, boy, it looks almost 20 years. I think we met in 2005 at VoucherCon and we became friends and I long admired his work. And, and we have, I think, very similar sensibilities when it comes to thrillers. And so, you know, when he came to me uh, saying, you know, let's, let's do something together, um, I always joke, but it's quite serious, is that I gave it, it must have been a quarter second thought before I said yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, we kicked around some ideas, and then Steve came to me and said Kennedy assassination. And, um, again, that was a, an easy thing for me to accept because I love the Kennedy assassination. I'm steeped in it. And so um, right. we just researching, and this is, this is the story we came up with. Right. And it seems like... It based on the conversation we had before we started recording, that you were all practically born for this kind of uh, story. Isn't that right, Grant? Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, you know, I, I was born in Dallas in 64. And so shortly after my mother found out she was pregnant with me, 
um, she drove through Dealey Plaza about an hour, 90 minutes before Kennedy was assassinated. So I like to say my interest in Kennedy assassination sort of started in utero. I don't think that's a scientific <laughs> thing, but that's how I feel. Yeah, almost that conspiracy theory in your blood from very early on. Uh, Steve, what was it about the Kennedy assassination that is there a unique aspect of it? We all know all of the conspiracy theories. We all know the history of it. And it's there's no shortage of documentaries on it. But for you, what was it about it that made you want to to write a, a novel about it? Is there well, one specific aspect? All of my books deal with something from the past, something real, right. something that I call the ooh factor. You, you talk about it, you kind of go, ooh, like... Templars or Charlemagne or the Library of Alexandria, the Amber Room. Well, the Kennedy right. assassination is, is one of those as well. It's one of those great conspiracy theories that will never be proven or disproven. The, 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 the sad part is it, they're all, everyone's dead who was associated with it. The investigations right. that were done in 1964 by the Warren Commission were horrendous. The ones right. done by Congress after that were not much better. Mm -hmm. uh, the whole thing is steeped in just unanswered questions, a ton, a ton of unanswered questions that we'll never answer. But, it, right. I, but years ago, I stumbled onto a book and it's referenced in the back of the novel. And in this book in 1991, the authors put forward a theory that is fascinating. It's a fascinating theory. And I, and I can't really tell the reader what it is because it'll give away a lot of the novel. Right. But I will say that it is a theory that answers a lot of the unanswered questions. Mm -hmm. And it's an interesting theory. And I knew that it would make for a great thriller. It just never worked quite with cotton, but right. it, it worked perfect here with Luke. And so it was just one of those things that fit nicely. When the readers right. finished with the novel and the writers know, they'll be able to see the nonfiction book that we based it on. And you can go get that and read it. It's still in print and still out there. Right. And, and then the reader can judge for themselves whether this is just make-believe or, or is there some truth to it? Right. And that's, the, that's why I think the, the in, is the most endearing part of this mm assassination because there's so much that you can delve into and look at and, and put under a microscope and you say you know what that makes sense it was like the uh there was one theory that uh, a um, historian had about the secret service accidentally shooting him while they were responding to one of the shots so there's no shortage of of that kind of theory out there and a lot of intelligent people who've made some diligent effort to uh propose some serious possibilities how did Grant, how did you filter a lot of that out and focus on the kind of story you wanted to tell here with the Ninth Man? Well, we wanted to get really into the history of it and, and mix, you know, Luke's adventure and what uncovering the quote unquote truth of this would be with great action. And so it was a weaving of, of history and truth with, you know, what it would look like on the ground for a hard charging adventure guy like Luke. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, so, you know, it was, it was pretty straightforward. Steve and I went back and forth a lot about how it looked and how much to reveal to the reader and, um, very collaborative, but it was, it was a blast trying to weave it all together in a satisfying and authentically plausible way. Yeah. We, we actually had too much information. We had to actually, right. we had to pan it down. We had to bring it down. Yeah. 
Right, I would imagine so. And it was also probably difficult for you to remain anchored and not get lost in the weeds and then fall down the rabbit hole while you're wandering through the weeds of all of the different theories that are out there because they're legion. You can't even keep track of them. That's right. Yeah, we focused on one in particular and we stayed laser focused on that one. Right. And it's interesting too, the, the, it's not only what happened and then what happened afterwards, but the personalities and the dynamic personalities that were involved in it right afterwards. I'm sure that provided you fertile ground for with characters like LBJ and Hoover and the mood of the country at the time. Um, I'm sure as writers first and historians second, I'm sure that made this project a, one of love, right? Well, what happened, what's interesting, and I, I knew this, but I didn't really know it until I did the research on this novel. The Warren Commission did a horrendously horrible job investigating the Kennedy assassination from the mm -hmm. standpoint of trying to get to the truth. Now, from the standpoint of getting a definitive answer quickly to the country that this was a lone shooter, there's no conspiracy, all is good, life is great. They did a great job of that. They did. That's exactly what their purpose was. Just calm everybody down. Well, unfortunately, they, the Warren Commission is just so loaded with questions. There's so much in there. There's so many unanswered things that were never done. Uh, an example would be there were seven Secret Service agents uh, positioned around Kennedy that day. Uh, right. They only interviewed two of them. They, they didn't, they, why wouldn't you interview all seven? Right. <laughs> you know, they only, they only took statements from two, which is absurd. Why would you not conduct a thorough investigation, bring all seven agents in, get to see what all seven have to say? Uh, right. these, are, these are just part of the problems that they had, part of the issues they had, because the Warren Commission wasn't designed to tell you the truth. It was designed to, to tell you what you need to hear. Right. And also, wasn't it Avery uh, Dulles who said, Alan does, Dulles, who said that no one's going to read it anyway? Pretty much, pretty much yeah. that no one's going to pay attention to it either, but, but he was wrong. Yeah, uh, very wrong. A lot of people read it, and they're still reading it this day, and the unanswered questions are so, so just blare at you constantly when, you were, when you're in there. Uh, another fact I never knew, the night before the assassination, several Secret Service agents went out to Fort Worth, stayed out all night, and got drunk. Right, and they were still hung over the next morning. Still hung over, but the, there's one sentence in the report that says, we have looked at this and found it had no effect on their ability to do their job. That's that must have been written by someone who's never been hung over. Yeah, that's the only that's the only sentence that it says that there's, they had no effect on their job. Didn't didn't interview them. Didn't take statements. Didn't didn't do anything. Just made one sentence in there. So there's just there's just a ton of unanswered questions. Sadly, though, that will never ever be answered. Do you think that the the documents that many, many administrations have refused to release um, over the last several years. Some have been released, but not all of them. Do you think that there's any real answers in the, those last golden nuggets that they've been holding back from us? I, I, I doubt it. I doubt it very yeah. seriously. I, I don't even know why they continue to hold it. The only, the only explanation I can have that they're holding that back is there's something in there that could potentially be embarrassing to some folks. Right. Uh, and that plays into actually the theory we used in the novel. So it actually works advantage, but even so, so much time's gone past that, that stuff should all be released. It was interesting mm -hmm. because Trump said he was gonna release it all. 
Right. And, and, and they got ready to do it. And the night before he changed his mind. Right. Which, which is interesting. What changed his mind not to put that out there? Right. Yeah. And I remember R RFK Jr. said on the campaign trail that he thought it was because there's some uh, institutional embarrassment that would go on if those particular last documents were ever released. And, it's and that is a possibility, which plays right. into, as I said, what we used in the novel. But even so, it's some, it's over. Lay it right. out there. Lay it out there. That's, that's, you know, there's nothing to be gained. Now, I don't believe it's a good reason to classify something on the, the on the basis that it's embarrassing. Right. That's not what classification is. That's what classified documents are for because it's embarrassing. Uh, right. No, that's not how it works. So. I don't know if we'll ever know the truth. It'll, it's just interesting. It's just one of those things we'll never know. Right, and then when you start really looking at the broader aspect of everything that happened that day, it, it, a lot of people just stop at Dealey Plaza, but then you go to what happened at 10th and Patton with the J.D. Tippett execution and how that was the linchpin that held Oswald's uh, guilt together. Um, Grant, did you do a lot of research into Oswald himself and, and that particular part of his story, or how did that work out? Well, we needed to know, you know, not just what Oswald was doing in the book depository, but, but you know, all the technicalities about the story as it played out, the, the official mm -hmm. story. So we did a lot of research about how it was portrayed by the Warren Commission, what, what people's various theories were about Oswald. So we did some of that, but once, and Steve is better about keeping us on track, but um, right. as far as research goes, because I tend to fall down a rabbit hole and decide <laughs> that everything is fascinating and everything needs to go in, and that's not the way it works. And so I kind of fell into the rabbit hole happily, um, found a lot of information that we were able to pare down and make uh, relevant. And again, our, our proposed quote unquote theory here, um, it became more and more plausible as time went on. So the readers are going to have to take a look at it for themselves. And he would get down that rabbit hole pretty deep. I had to put a leash on him at some point. <laughs> and, and, and they just sort of pulling back up out of that. I said, well, I know, it's, I know it's good down there and I know you're enjoying it, but we got to come back up here now. <laughs> I, I think occasionally Steve's emails and response were simply enough. And, and I took that to mean, yep. okay, we've got enough of that, so move on. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, you know, primarily, you know, our, the purpose of, you know, the novel, of course, is to entertain people. So we want to entertain right. them. And this is at its heart an action adventure story. I mean, mm -hmm. we wanted the Luke Daniels books to be a little more action adventure, not necessarily, and they've got history in it. I mean, the Cotton Malone books are action, history, secrets, conspiracies. Luke's sure. the same way, action, history, secrets, conspiracies, but with a little more adventure. And that's what Grant brings to the table. He writes it. He writes that very well. He did it with Cussler. He did it with Jim Rollins. He did it with Clancy. Mm -hmm. And this is this is one reason I wanted him on the project because he's he's great with that type of adventure, and right. I'm with the history. So together we kind of put it together. But it's more Luke Daniels is more adventure with a little history, where Cotton mm -hmm. is history with some adventure. Right. And there's obviously an appetite for both kinds of stories because, you know, the proof is in the pudding with the sales and the long careers that both of you have had so far writing books like that. So you, the, the audience is definitely in good hands with, um, with the both of you tackling a, a project like this. Thank you. We appreciate that. Oh, no problem at all. The proof is in the pudding. It's Grant, when you were doing the research, was there one thing that popped out to you that you hadn't 
known about the uh, assassination already. I know Steve mentioned one earlier. I was wondering for you, was there anything that, you, that was an aha moment where you said, I didn't know that? Well, I think digging into the Warren report, especially, and Steve and I agree that the, the lack of interviews done on the whole protective team, because it was just not only the Secret Service, but there were a couple few outriders from Dallas police that were there. And to interview right. just a fraction of them is just mind boggling. But a lot of it, I kind of, you know, for lack of direct evidence, I, I try to apply Hanlon's razor to it, never attribute malice to something that can be explained by stupidity. Um, and I think you could argue that the Warren Commission was was full of that. But yeah, I learned a lot that I didn't know, a lot of nitty gritty stuff that perhaps made it the book, perhaps not. But uh, again, I, I love the rabbit hole and it was all great. Yeah, it's amazing how the research can become very rewarding in and of itself. In addition, just telling a story, right? It's, it's amazing. Yes. It really is. So I know that you have this one planned as a, uh, this is the first of three books. Can you tell us anything about what's coming next? What about book two in the series? We're working, we're working on that now. We're finishing up book two right now. It's going to deal with something that I've been wanting to do deal with for quite some time. Uh, it's a, it's an artifact from the past that always fascinated me. It was the lost library of Ivan the Terrible. Mm. And, and I've, uh, you know, it's an actual library that existed. It was created by Ivan the Great, Ivan the Terrible's father in the 15th century. And it disappeared in the, in the latter part of the 15th century. And these volumes, these precious volumes are gone. They've been gone for a long, long time. And I've always been fascinated by it. So uh, we have a novel that basically deals with Russia. We're going to be dealing with Russia with the next novel and, uh, and a very interesting story with it. It's a, uh, It'll be uh, coming out in uh, the summer of uh, next year, and we can even tell you a little title. We call it Red Star Falling. Oh, huh. wow. I, I, I'm, I'm floored because I did not know about such a library, and I think that's an awesome title, too, for that kind of a book. Yeah, yeah Red Star Falling. It's a good story. It's a good, actual, actual fascinating artifact. Again, something I've never been able to work into cotton effectively, right. but it works very well with Luke. And uh, then we'll get to work on book three soon and have it ready. That'll be ready for the summer of 25. Wow. And it's amazing when you throw those dates out there, how we're already up to 2025. It's just... Uh, well, yeah, yeah, we stay two years ahead and we, we stay about two years ahead of the read. You have to. Yeah. No, you have to for production and everything. But wow, it's, it's amazing how uh, time has certainly flown since 2000. Yes, it has. So it has. Um, anyway, so for uh, the readers who want to follow you and continue to track you on your websites, your social media, let's start with Grant. Grant, what's the best way the audience can follow you in your career? I think the best way is just go to my website, grantblackwood.com. Uh, if they want to reach out and contact me, it comes straight to me. And of course, I have the usual um, social network presence, but um, that's the easiest way to get to me. Fantastic. And Steve, what about you? My, everything about my books, including the Luke Daniels books and Cotton Moon books, are at steveberry.org. Everything's there, uh, along with our History Matters Foundation. Everything is, is all there. And, and then I have a Facebook fan page as well. So we keep things there. So those are our two ways of communicating. Right. And I know both of you update your social media presence pretty often. So it's, it's always a good place for people to be able to follow you. We do. We keep it up every day. 
Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today here. I know my audience is going to appreciate it. And I am grateful for everyone for listening to another edition of Spies, Lies, and Private Eyes right here on the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. You have been listening to Spies, Lies, and Private Eyes with host Terrence McCauley on Authors on the Air Global Radio Network.